2020 may have been a forgettable year for business leaders in Asia, but 2021 may be a different story altogether. With growth forecasts of about 5.4%, we are expecting cautious optimism and investments to move forward. Analysts are predicting the digital economy to accelerate recovery. IDC, for example, forecasts that over 65% of the Asia-Pacific GDP will be digitalized and spending to hit $1.2 trillion between 2020 and 2023. One such forecast from data center pricing estimates that there is a one square meter of data center for every 522 people in the Asia-Pacific region, with hubs such as Australia, Hong Kong, and Singapore having a notably higher data center floor space per head than the rest of Asia. Not surprisingly, China has the largest data center space in the Asia-Pacific region, accounting for 43% of data center space in the region with 1.7 million square meters of space forecast for 2021. Data center pricing pointed to the high annual revenue growth rates of data center operators in China, such as 21VNet Group and GDS Holdings, which reported annual revenue growth rates of 25% and 39% in Q1 2020, respectively. Elsewhere, the largest data centers market in Asia-Pacific are Australia, Japan with 11% each, and Singapore in fourth place with 10%. With all this talk about data center, we've invited Mr. Darren Hawkins, Chief Executive Officer for Space DC, to discuss, among other reasons, why CFOs should care about data centers. Darren, welcome to Podchats for Future CFO. Thank you, Alan. Uh, appreciate uh, being on the podcast, and hello, everyone. For companies looking to tap into Southeast Asia's growing digital economy, the old-school method of location, location, location still holds true, even in this digital age. And this includes having the right data centre in the right region. And to that end, Space DC aims to be the Hilton Hotels of data centres throughout Southeast Asia. What is the role of the data center today in the context of an ASEAN organization's business transformation goal or aspirations? So whilst it's common that the data center and data being the new global currency, what is less noted and less talked about is that data centers are often the custodians of this business critical information. In effect, data centers are becoming the new banks. If we stretch that metaphor, a bit further, while it's increasingly possible to do business globally thanks to a connected world that we live in, having a physical, local or regional presence is critical for companies looking to expand in the region. From a banking perspective, it would be better to manage the flow of currency. From an IT perspective, having a physical data center close to your target audience makes it easier to connect and deliver digital services. So if we consider that by 2025, Google estimates that Southeast Asia's internet economy is expected to reach 200 billion for any company that's looking to tap into that economy, being able to offer regional customers fast and reliable access to digital services will be critical. Being able to provide them with a competitive edge over other global competitors, specifically looking at Indonesia, using a data center in country can be the gateway for international players to service their Southeast Asian region, considering the country's position as a connectivity hub. Given that the CFO is, to a certain degree, the custodian of an organization of a business's financial standing fund, what questions should the CFO 
ask the CIO or the CTO as it relates to the computing needs of the business. And with that, the direction towards where to put the monies in, whether it's a, a physical data center or one of these cloud services out there. For IT, there are some crucial questions about the business to be answered. The data that it generates and uses from a day-to-day perspective, what is important versus what is not important parts of the IT services. So for example, it might be important that customer data is held tight or could be located on a cloud or even shared with third-party suppliers and providers like IBM, for example. So then you go on to what processes are you looking to streamline or make more efficient in your business and and what is the best way to consume these services as a business and when and how do you look to serve your own customers. So once you've determined the best structure for your IT services and offerings, then you can start to determine the best way to deliver those services and some of those would naturally include the use of a data centre whether directly or indirectly through third-party providers. When technical teams then go to look at data centres, they rely quite often on the analysis of the commercials to validate their selection process. Firstly, there's a, a technical requirement to be met in terms of the functionality of the facility and how it meets your requirements, after which the DC selection team that you might have put in place uh, does need input from finance. There are two key areas in which the finance team plays a key role in the data center site selection. Firstly, there's a a capital requirement in terms of the customers will be buying IT equipment, racks, servers, storage, those types of things. You need to factor in the capex cost of going into a particular facility, uh, whether you need storerooms, office space or other associated elements. Often what is the much uh, less focused on element, but is crucially important, is the OPEX cost, which can be an extremely large variable in terms of comparing data centres. The OPEX cost is primarily composed of two components. Firstly, is a monthly service charge that data centres issue, and then there's a consumption charge. The service charge is made up of the use of the facility and the provision of power and cooling and, and those types of things at a holistic level. The consumption charge is the amount of power and cooling you actually consume from those services. So when you're uh, commercially uh, evaluating a data center, you should really do that analysis over a five or 10 year period to understand the full cost of putting that equipment into a particular facility. If that costing is not done, you may well pick something that you think is initially cheap, but turns out to be very expensive in the long run due to a number of factors. The largest variable would be the efficiency of the power and cooling systems and how much that costs on a monthly basis for you to operate. And typically you don't move between data centers very quickly. It's not like an office or a warehouse where you can move every three years. So any investment that you do needs to be done with a long-term view, a 10 plus year view. And whilst a five year contract might seem attractive from a liability perspective, it's more efficient for a business to negotiate a 10 year contract given it's unlikely that you'll move from the facility within that five-year time frame. And obviously, there's IT life cycles to be considered in, in, in there as well. There was a time years ago when we used to say that data centers can be planned over a 10, 
20, 25 year window. But given the technology refresh these days, you know, it, it's highly likely in three years time, the equipment I have is sitting in a data center in Iraq be obsolete once it clears off the books as far as finance is concerned. That's true. That Quite often though, you'll have some equipment and it might not be the best equipment to do some, some tasks that you need, but it does have a lot of connectivity and it does have a lot of um, stickiness with other processes systems. So what we find is people start to upgrade parts of the system. So they might upgrade the storage array, but not necessarily the network configuration or the CPUs. And then you find you have this sort of staggered and hybrid upgrade model. So it really does get quite complicated in the long run. And when you're looking at a data center move, if you have to, you'd like to be able to avoid that by making sure that your initial purchase got the long-term perspective right. It would be disappointing, I think, if you were forced to move a data center that had all that connectivity with other providers just because the operational cost was too high. You'd like to think that you would be more focused on getting efficiencies out of your IT equipment rather than worrying about parent cooling bill. 2020, we have this COVID and a lot of organizations have accepted the need to move to the cloud. Has that need impacted Space DC's business as a data center service provider? And from a CFO, how does the CFO weigh the opportunities and risks associated with uh, going to the public cloud or maintaining their own private cloud and going through the services as provided by Space DC, for example? Certainly in COVID in 2020, we saw a massive pull forward, as people describe it, of the transformation of businesses to you know, keep functioning through COVID and addressing the various uh, business problems that arose through COVID and as we still face in 2021. But instead of it actually being a pull forward that you might see a decline in the transition online, I think what we're seeing is that that pull forward is just keeping on growing. And now companies that previously might have perhaps shy or hesitant of transforming their business are now considering it as a must-have because we're all here in COVID, but everybody's now thinking about, well, what's the next problem that we can face? So when you think about that, there are all types of cloud services on the rise and data shows that the use of public clouds is increasing whilst private clouds still do carry a majority of the workloads. One of the reasons public cloud environments are growing in popularity is because it requires no real capital investment on behalf of the user. So I can leave my IT systems in place and go and trial and expand onto a public cloud system, whether that's um, Amazon or Google or, or whatever. With the public cloud, though, businesses purchase service space from a third-party provider, and these services provide multi-tenant deployment options, meaning that other companies' data will be stored on the same server as your company's data. Uh, not necessarily accessible, but nonetheless in the same environment. And many businesses use uh, some form of public cloud, whether it's for email, document sharing like Dropbox or for hosting web services and payment gateway. Private clouds, on the other hand, are good because they're single tenant solutions and a company owns and operates the servers. They have dedicated services from within a data center. And a private cloud's hardware can also be stored on-site in a company's property. It provides more risk-adverse options for companies that they look to go forward. In strictly regulated industries such as finance and healthcare, a private cloud is appliance necessity. Uh, some countries do have quite strict policies on this. And historically, private clouds have been labeled um, as, a, as a premium solution. But when considering the total cost of ownership, some users are quick to believe that the public clouds are more affordable than their private counterparts. However, there is a tipping point 
where the private cloud solution can be less expensive for enterprises. If it is possible for an organisation to track factors such as utilities, bandwidth, storage, software licences, human labour, support costs, maintenance, auditing and compliance, as well as downtime and outages, you know, there's a lot of elements there that you need to get to have an accurate measurement on the total cost of ownership for any application and it can be quite complex. So if I'm a CFO, I'm wanting to make sure that I'm addressing the risks in my business on whether I'm going for a public cloud or a private cloud, which I think if you have a loss or an outage or a breach, you know, it's going to affect the reputation and perhaps the insurance and the revenues of the business. And as a CFO, I want to be across that. Beyond the metrics that you've indicated, how else should senior business decision makers review their data center options? Yeah, there's probably three key areas that we can uh, look into. Uh, firstly, uh, security. So we're all familiar with, you know, movies showing spies hacking into data centers guarded by laser beams and all sorts of things. But whilst coming in through security events might seem uh, fantastical, ensuring that the uh, data center is physically secure is uh, just as important as cybersecurity. There's a lot of companies' data stored in a data center which is invaluable to men, and they can't stand to lose any of that data or have a business interruption. So with that in mind, a good data center has to take into account the physical security all the way from the front fence to the actual machines inside the data halls. One good way of testing is to do what they call penetration testing on data centers. So you actually have events where people attempt to access the building and find points of weakness, and we do those tests on a regular basis. When visitors come to our facility, it's not uncommon to even wave people as they enter the facility and exit the facility to check that there's no major deviation in the weight as they've come through. This will prevent equipment theft, by way of example. When we look at a second topic, uh, sustainability, this is not just a, a cost-effective metric, but it's becoming a key performance metric for companies, particularly among multinational companies. Their um, carbon impact of the data centre and their operations of their partners is fast becoming an important planning consideration. Similarly, when choosing a data centre, it's important to consider its sustainability features. Where do they get their power from? How efficient are their cooling systems and other green technology that's being deployed that reduces the carbon effect and the environmental impact on the company that's using those services? And then lastly, I think the other important factor, it comes to scalability. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we must remain agile in the face of unexpected change. So that end, business decision makers uh, should be looking for a data center that can scale and grow quickly to match their needs. And in the data center space, scalability is not just a matter of having additional data hall space, but also the facility's ability to plan, install and maintain infrastructure which can be additionally challenging if the engineering team, for example, is not based in the region. So having a data center that can provide the full suite of services will be invaluable in trying times. So uh, it would be very helpful to have what they call a remote pair of hands, where somebody could go and simply exchange a hard drive for you uh, because your own team can't travel there because perhaps they're locked at home. So there's a, a lot of ways that you can help to plan and execute infrastructure upgrades for customers if you get it right. 
what can we expect as far as data center services around the region is concerned, at least from the perspective of the CFO when making that, uh, again, when looking at the decision of how they move forward? There are a number of considerations. I think you're right to point out some of the changes that are happening in Singapore. And I, I do think it's worthwhile, if you're a CFO, understanding that the regulation of customer data is only becoming more intense. Countries, politicians and citizens uh, are increasingly concerned about where their data goes, who it's shared with, how it's analysed and how it's linked back to their daily lives. What we know this is a consistent trend to uh, improve that regulation and provide protection for citizens. And I think uh, if you're a CFO uh, and you're in a regulated business of, say, finance or anything else, the last thing you want is a data breach with your customers. So, you, you know, you don't want MAS coming around asking funny questions because unknowingly you've shipped half your customers' data off to America or China or any other country that's, you know, not really allowed to. I think that, that that's certainly important. And you mentioned the certification of data centres here in Singapore, and that is becoming increasingly vigilant, if you like, or tighter and harder. That's a good and bad thing uh, for the uh, data centre environment. It's, it's good because it will improve the efficiency of the, of the sector in terms of being carbon neutral and things like that. However, you know, that all comes to the cost. And so as a business consumer of data centres, you may see a price increase for that. Um, so there's certainly two key things that I think a CFO should be aware of as they navigate their way through a data centre selection process. Darren, thank you very much for joining us on Podcast for Future CFO. Thank you very much, Alan. That was Darren Hawkins, Chief Executive Officer for Space DC, on the topic of why a CFO needs to be part of the data center decision-making process. You are listening into Podchats for Future CFO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We invite you to sign up for our free newsletters so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CFO. Bye for now.